today we're looking at some words from the Old Testament, from the book of Ezra. And it goes something like this. When the builders had finished laying the foundation of the temple, the priests put on their robes and blew trumpets in honor of the Lord, while the Levites from the family of Asaph praised God with cymbals. All of them followed the instructions given years before by King David. They praised the Lord and gave thanks as they turned, singing, The Lord is good. He is faithful. His faithful love for Israel will last forever. Everyone started shouting and praising the Lord because the work on the foundation of the temple had begun. Many of the older priests and Levites and the heads of families cried aloud because they remembered seeing the first temple years before. But others were so happy that they celebrated with joyful shouts. Their shouting and crying were so noisy that it all sounded alike and could be heard a long way off. So some interesting words there. What are your thoughts on those, Jamie? Well, thank you, Pamela, for choosing such interesting verses this week from Ezra. And what an absolutely crazy situation had come about, summed up to me by verse 13, that states, no one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping, because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away, which is to me more like a line lifted from a Roald Dahl story than the Bible. But this passage reminds me of of one of those home refurbishment shows where the kids have chosen the theme and the great reveal comes and the kids are dancing around and the parents are in tears. So how did they get to this situation and what can that teach us today? Well, imagine the situation. The old temple had been huge and spectacular, a place where no expense had been spared, bling to the max. But Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed that building and the Jews had lived in confinement without a temple and able to perform the sacrifices and feasts as outlined by the law. Then finally, just over 70 years later, they could return to their homeland and rebuild the temple, no longer in captivity. So I imagine the older generation who remembered the old temple would now be well past retirement age. So any new temple would be designed and built by future generations who then broke all the rules of DIY SOS. They let everyone know what the plans and foundations were before it was finished. The young people cheered, but the older generation wept. It wasn't what they were expecting. They wanted part lane, but they got go back to old Kent Road. Now, times had changed, their situation had changed, but they expected and wanted things to be the way they were before. Remind you of anything? When lockdown hit, churchgoers could no longer go back to the buildings to worship. The church buildings were closed. Men, maybe as a churchgoer, you felt in captivity. So church had to be redesigned and constructed using modern technology. Services became YouTube streams and house groups, Zoom meetings. And I expect the younger generation love this. Church is now caught up with how they live their lives in the technological age. They can attend church when it's more convenient. They can pause the sermon to go to the toilet. But to be honest, I don't like it. I like going to the building and seeing and meeting my friends. I like singing together and experiencing church together and socializing after the service. But times change. And just maybe, like me, you've forgotten that the cornerstone of the church is not the building, its design or structure. It is the cornerstone, God, who is unchanging. It's not about me. It's about him. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So maybe you feel discouraged or upset that church is changing and that you miss the way things were done before. Let me remind you that your faith is not built on the cornerstone of the building you used to attend. It is based on the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. Despite the storms of change that are disrupting your spirit, 
maybe remember the words of the song Cornerstone. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Saviour's love. Through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all. And a spoiler alert for next week. If only the older generation had remembered the real cornerstone, they would have known that the glory of the new temple would be greater than the glory of the former. So let's not write off church just yet. The church as we know it will change, but maybe greater things are to come. What a great message there, Jamie. So when I looked at this verse, one of the things that stood out to me is that before the older people and the younger people fell out, all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord. All the people were united, united in praising God, giving God the glory, giving God the honor. But then somehow we started to look back at where we were, somehow started to look back at what was the glory that we had and not look forward to what glory was to come. And that's where it started to fall apart. And notice that the sounds were equal the same. You couldn't distinguish if it was joy or if it was despair. Imagine what a noise that will be, that we can't hear the worshiping and, and thanks and praise to God because the cries are outweighing it. And I think about our situation today, some of us are looking back at where we were, where church was. I know sometimes I do look back at where we were. I miss some of the things that I used to do. I miss hanging out with friends. I miss meeting up for coffees at a whim. I miss not wearing a face mask. But you know what? I'm grateful for what I have. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to be in a country where I can worship God freely. And I'm grateful that some churches are gonna try something new. I have found so many wonderful pastors during COVID-19 and I'm looking forward to more things to come. I'm also enjoying the freedom of being able to watch the services online sometimes because sometimes you can't make it to church that Sunday morning. So watching it Sunday evening when you have the time is wonderful. So I guess with this verse I'm learning from it is focus on God, give him the praise, be united in praise of it, and stop looking at what was in the past. Let's look forward to the future. We're looking into the passage of Ezra, the, the book of Ezra in the Old Testament, uh, chapter 3, verses 10 to 13. And there is so much to unpack, as Jamie and Pamela have gone through already this morning. We read in this section of Ezra that the foundations of the temple in Jerusalem have just been laid, which was the second Israelite temple to be built. The first one was Solomon's temple, which was destroyed when Israelites were defeated and taken prisoners by the Babylonians about 70 years before. And now the captives have returned to Jerusalem to start rebuilding their city and the second temple. This was all around about 500 BC. As with much of the Old Testament, there was a lot of prophecies linked to this event about the foundation being laid, and as always, a future glimpse of what was to come in the life of the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. That fact that King David is mentioned in verse 10 is also very important to the account, pointing towards Jesus in reference to his family tree going right back to King David. These were foundations of the same temple that Jesus actually visited when he was a boy, that he taught in, that he grew up around. He threw the money changers out of it, and surely he spent some time in prayer and worship there. So this account in Ezra uh, is also a pointer towards Jesus as the foundation, the cornerstone of the kingdom of God, which he was to show during his life and ministry that it looked really different to the religious institutions. 
Because of Jesus, our salvation no longer relies on regular sacrificing or attending one particular place for prayer and worship or any other religious activity. Recorded in the Gospel of John, Jesus was very clear when he declared that he would rebuild the temple in three days, that he was talking about himself as the temple. And he also made it clear to the woman at the well that there was coming a time when people didn't have to go to a physical place to worship, but that we would be free to worship in spirit and in truth. After the Holy Spirit had been given to the disciples at Pentecost, that truth became immediately evident as they were each eventually dispersed into the surrounding nations to spread the good news of Jesus. So in this uncertain and unsettling time of imposed restrictions and limits, I just want to encourage you to not lose heart if you're not able to attend a church yet, or perhaps the online services are just not substitute enough for you. My teenage daughter asked me the other day, Dad, will this ever be over one day? There will be a time in the future when this strange season is over, but until then, seek Jesus earnestly wherever you are, and whenever you have a spare minute throughout your day, make time to stop and pray and worship regularly every day. As it says in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells within you? With Jesus, you are not alone. Reach out him today and every day. Society changes always, sometimes most of the time, in fact. It's gradual in the case of Israel, as described by Ezra. Change had come through turmoil, defeat in war, occupation of the land, and political upheaval. They had to rebuild and start again. We've been through upheaval, and it's been likened to a war. We're going through that. It's not over but I'm optimistic about drawing a line under the past, talking about church here, and leaving behind the baggage that has accumulated from the years of church in general, building structures, hierarchies that haven't really forwarded this mission that Christians are supposed to have here on earth, like loving neighbours and feeding the poor, caring for the poor in heart and teaching the values motivated by love of God's kingdom through the love and strength that we get from from Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and from what we call the Word of God, the Bible. I'm looking forward to things being different, but not everyone is. A friend of mine, Carl Beach, tweeted, lots of people's profile pictures are of them speaking from lecterns or pulpits. I wonder when they're going to start to change the pictures of them on Zoom calls or webinars. I responded, or at the end of their drives, talking to their neighbours. Change is unsettling. Going back to the old ways is a tempting proposition. But please don't miss this opportunity to change the world for a better place and seek different ways of building God's kingdom. Not necessarily a physical thing, but maybe something less tangible in people's hearts, in communities, in towns, even in our nation. We need that, and the church has got to be very open to change to achieve it. One final word, another tweet from Carl, actually, he says this. This is a chance for reformation, innovate, don't replicate. Release people to be creative, try stuff, don't rush back to what we once had. This is an incredible chance to recast mission, reform church, and reach people we didn't before. God bless you, and I hope this has given you food for thought.